All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Thank you, Mr. Ash, for reining us in. DJ Nubis, with you here with a special edition of the Thrash Zone. So, if you're not already aware, this particular episode of Thrash Zone, like I do these genre-specific shows, which you've seen in the past, with like Nocturnal Pulse, the Black Metal, uh, the Meat Grinder with Death, and etc., etc. Um, but this one, this episode of Thrash Zone, which deals with all thrash metal, uh, is a little bit different than some of the rest I've done. I've, I'm going to be playing a lot of stuff for you today, um, basically throwing the kitchen sink at you. Uh, a lot of old classics, uh, even some new stuff there, new bands, new uh, songs, etc. Uh, and also, unlike most of my genre-specific shows where I don't spend a whole lot of time talking, um... Throughout this segment, at uh, this episode, I've got a few topics I want to get to. Um, the topics themselves are not, like, the newest. Um, they're probably, like, I have some topics that are, like, five years old, but I never really talked on them or touched on them at all on any other shows, so I figure they're all kind of thrash-related and whatnot, except for maybe one topic, which I just thought was interesting, but I'm going to talk a little bit about those. Uh, because they do relate to a lot of thrash music uh, and whatnot, so I'm gonna get your impact, or your comments if you can. Once you're done listening to this, um, I, I might even post up uh, a poll later on Facebook if I can do it and get it right. But uh, some interesting topics, nonetheless. Uh, a lot of great music coming your way. This was a show initially that I was gonna try to do with Crip from Metalomania. Um, but it's tough when, you know, both of us have shows that we do and, like, trying to find time to get together and do stuff like that. You know, I did the the Midway Best Of with him not too long ago. But even then, it took a couple of trips down there to finally get that sort of sorted out. Uh, but it's not always easy just for everyone to pick up and come do this stuff. So maybe down the road, 
I'll get Crypt to like join me on a Hordes of Chaos show or something, or maybe another Thrash Zone. Who knows? Uh, but I wanted to get this done, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of great music coming your way. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Now, unlike most of the past uh, episodes, uh, I usually play like three tracks and then talk or come to a break. Um, not this time. This is going to be close to a four-hour show one way or the other. Uh, but I'm really excited for it, and I hope that everyone enjoys it. But I'm going to be playing, like, six-song blocks. And I really, like, I know I probably left some bands out here and there, but for the most part, I think I've covered a lot of great ground here. So uh, let's get it kicked off, shall we? Uh, starting this block off with Sepultura from Beneath the Remains, Slaves of Pain. <laughs>
We're Tora 5 from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Alright, DJ Nubis, back with you. Metal Time Radio Podcast, Thrash Zone Special Edition. Closing out that first block, Sabat from the UK, the Clerical Conspiracy from their 1989 album, Dreamweaver. Alright, so one of the first topics I wanted to get to, and this is what I was talking about, was some of these uh, articles and whatnot are, are kind of a little bit old. Um, the first, basically, the first two are tied in together a little bit. They both come from June and July of last year. Obviously, because of COVID, you know, bands can't tour. They're, some are doing writing, but, like, there's really nothing in print or anything else that really... Um, so, I guess news in general is kind of sure. I mean, you do have, like, other news bits about certain things with bands, but in terms of, like, anything uh, fresh off the presses or anything like that, we're kind of relegated to stuff that they've already put out. But this was pretty interesting from Kerrang.com. Um, two articles, uh, one for this one from June, which is basically... Vote for the greatest thrash album of all time. So I, I tested it out and typed in a band or an, an album and to see if it still worked. It did. Uh, I'm going to put the links up to some of this when I go to post this episode so people can go and read up on it if they want to. Um, so basically, they're, yeah, they're asking for your input. Uh, just type in whatever album you think is the best of the thrash era. It could be any from past or present. Uh, then they also have their own little article called The 25 Greatest Trash Albums Ever. And uh, I'm not, I can't really argue it because there's a lot of great records on there. I mean, obviously, I think when it comes to personal taste or if they left something out, then I would have rearranged some stuff. But uh, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what they got. Uh, at number 25, they have Tankard with Chemical Invasion. 24 is Violence, Eternal Nightmare. I know Crypt digs that. Onslaught at 23 with The Force. 22 is Nuclear Assault with Game Over. 21 is Voivod, Killing Technology. 20 is Possessed, Seven Churches. And which is interesting about them is they oftentimes get credited as being one of the first death metal bands. Uh, I've always kind of disagreed with that when I listen to their material. It definitely is thrash to me. Uh, again, I don't get that butthurt when people call them death metal, but I just don't see that band as that. Uh, continuing on, 19, Overkill the Years of Decay. That's one of my favorite records. 18, Destruction, Infernal Overkill. 17, Sabat. We just heard them, but this was from their debut, History of a Time to Come, 1988. 16, Slayer, Seasons of the Abyss. That would be one of my picks in the top 25, no doubt. 15, Dark Angel, Darkness Descends. 14, Sodom, Agent Orange. 13, Death Angel, The Ultraviolence. I'm kind of surprised they're higher than some of the other records on here, but it's still a worthy record. 12, Sepultura, Beneath the Remains. They, of course, kicked off our block. 11, Megadeth, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? 10, Metallica, Kill Em All. 9, Sl Slayer, Hell Awaits. 
Number eight, Testament, The Legacy. Now, personally, I would have gone with The New Order because I think that's actually their best record, but again, just taste. Seven, Creator, Pleasure to Kill. Six, Anthrax, Among the Living. Five, Exodus, Bonded by Blood. Four, Metallica, Master of Puppets. Probably be a little higher for me. Three, Megadeth, Rust in Peace. Two, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. And then number one, Slayer, Rain and Blood. And you probably find a lot of people probably would agree with that. But again, I think there's a record that's missing from that list. But I, I you know, I haven't really put it together in my own mind, like how, what my top 25 would be. I guess it'd be kind of fun to do it. But I think if I'm, I might try to do this on Facebook where I'll have like a poll and just that people kind of vote on what they think should be, you know, the best thrash record or top 25 records like i just slayer is good as hell. like i even like seasons and abyss much more than uh, rain and blood but I, I know how rain and blood stacks in history compared to a lot of their other work so it's not like shocking that that would be the number one pick um but you know again if you listen to this episode feel free to comment give me your own uh, input i'd love to hear from you all right, let's get back into another block of thrash metal. Got some anacrusis coming in this, shrapnel, atrophy, but we're going to kick it off with Condition Critical featuring uh, Mike Dreyer, who was interviewed by Krypton Scully uh, from Metal Mania a few weeks back. Uh, he has a new project that he's working on, uh, still thrash-related, but he's also attached to Lich King, Strychnia, and Dust Bolt. So, but this is from his project, Condition Critical, it's called Surgical Malpractice, and here we go. Practice! 
from Ride to Lightning, Metallica, Fight Fire with Fire, closing out that last block. Man, do I miss Cliff Burton so badly. Ugh. All right, so another topic to get to, and this one's coming from Loudwire.com. Basically, it's what they deem as 15 underrated thrash metal records, and uh, I'll go through them a little bit. The first one on their list is from Corner. Now, this is a band that I'm actually kind of a late bloomer to uh, in terms of really knowing their material. Like, I went back to listen to No More Color and Push Punishment for Decadence, and those two records are fucking phenomenal. Like, I understand why they were so revered and etc. Now, the first record that I actually heard and owned was Grin. And, you know... For a lot of thrash maniacs, this record's kind of like, you know, Celtic Frost's Vanity Nemesis and stuff like that, where the band was kind of like drifting away from their core thrash sound and were doing more experimental and either mainstream or avant-garde stuff. Now, in Corner's uh, case, they were doing exactly that. They were kind of experimenting more. This was like in the early 90s, so... Their album Grant actually appears on this list. I don't know if I would consider it an underrated record. Like, from what I remember of it, uh, Serpent Moves and maybe another song on there are two tracks that I, I actually liked. Like, I don't remember liking much else on it. Uh, especially when I go back and listen to the last two records before that. And, you know, No More Color and Punishment for Decadence, like, those records are just straight up awesome all the way through. So, why I can appreciate what Corner was doing here, uh, just like I like a handful of tracks on the Vanity Nemesis by Celtic Frost, uh, I wouldn't really say this is an underrated record. I don't think it's completely horrible in terms of what they were trying to achieve, but anyway, that's one of the records that popped up on their list. They also have... Uh, Dark Angels, Time Does Not Heal. Okay, I get it. Uh, I remember getting that record and when it was being advertised as having like 600 and something different riffs throughout the record. Like that was a, a big deal when they were promoting this. Don't know if I like it as much as uh, We Have Arrived or Darkness Ascend. Darkness Ascend is like really the pinnacle of Dark Angel for me. Um, on this record, Time Does Not Heal, Pains of Ancient Madness or Ancient Inherited Shame. Those are like two highlights for me on this record, but uh, not sure if I consider it underrated, but then again, just personal taste. Um, other records on here are Demolition Hammer's Epidemic of Violence, uh, Exodus Force of Habit. Um, can't agree there. I liked one track that was like their first single off that record. I didn't like that record at all. Uh, Forbidden's Distortion. I'd probably have to go back and revisit this. I do own it. Um, Mind's Eye uh, was pretty cool for a kind of like psychedelic thrashy trip uh, song. Um, don't remember much else from it, but I'd probably have to go back and revisit it uh, just to kind of see where it stands today versus when I first heard it. Um, I'll probably always go back to... Uh, you know, the first record or Twisted Into Form as my go-tos for Forbidden. This one is definitely underrated. This is Heathens, Victims of Deception. Uh, really, really great record. Uh, they're actually due for a new record this year, which 
I cannot wait to hear. The last record was pretty decent that they put out, so I'm glad they're back doing work. Um, but this one's from 91, and it's definitely underrated. Creator is Indorama. I can't really speak on it. I haven't really heard it. Um, I spent a lot of time with other works of theirs, not this one. Apparently this one was very controversial because of the different things they were trying to do with it. Uh, in the avant-garde comfort zone, I guess. Overkill's Necroshine. I, you know, I could probably pick just about any Overkill record to be underrated, like post-horoscope. You know, like, there's so many records they have now that really fly under the radar, mainly because they're not breaking any new ground. But Overkill's doing what Overkill does. They, they smash your face in and just come straight at you with their work. So... Yeah, I can agree with Necroshine, I guess, but then I'd also point out just about any recent Overkill release. You know, this one's like 10 years old, but uh, they have a lot of great records out there just in general. Uh, Razor, Decibels, have not heard it, can't really comment on it, so maybe I'll take their word for it. I do have some Razor I'm playing later in this episode, but uh, haven't sat down with any of their stuff really, so just pretty cool. Uh, Ripping Corpse. Dreaming with the Dead, um, definitely a record that's worth hearing. Uh, highly recommend that. Sodom, Code Red. Uh, again, I know Agent Orange and some of the earlier stuff. This one I'm not that familiar with. Tankard, uh, the Tankard 95. Haven't heard it, but they're recommending it as underrated. Testament to Gathering, definitely underrated. Um, I know a lot of people will say that Low is also underrated. Um... That's the one that was featuring James Murphy on there. Uh, I don't know if I like Low as much as The Gathering. The Gathering was like sort of like sort of what got me reinvigorated with Testament, even before they reformed again. You know, later down the road and made some incredible records, including their Titans of Creation, which they put out this year. Uh, but The Gathering definitely underrated. Uh, Whiplash with Thrashback. I've heard about them a little bit, so I don't know much about them. But yeah, pretty cool band. Uh, and the last band they have listed actually could go with just about any of the work, and they do always fly under the radar. That's Witchery. Uh, the album they chose was Restless and Dead, but I, I'd probably pick anything from them. Um, they have some very cool stuff that uh, often gets overlooked, and definitely a band that uh, is underrated for sure. All right, well, let's break back into some music here. I got a little bit of forced entry in this one, Hatred. Stallion, one of my favorite releases of the year. Uh, but we're going to kick it off with Municipal Waste, and this is Enjoy the Night.
Shepard, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, closing out that last block, Stallion Meltdown from their latest release, 2020, Slaves of Time. I was uh, happy as a clam when uh, I interviewed Nomas a few episodes back, and uh, Ben, the bassist, he um, commented that he liked Stallion, the, the song that I played on the podcast that I did with them with the interview, and he was pretty happy about that, so that made me feel good. That's what Neko and I and Krypton Skull from Metal Mania and other DJs and podcast hosts and radio hosts try to do when we do stuff like this is introduce people to other bands and, you know, whether it's metal or rock related to try and just broaden people's scope of stuff that's out there. That's why we do this thing called love. Love of metal anyway. Uh... Yeah, so Slaves of Time by Stallion is one of my favorite releases of the year. If you didn't see the uh, Kryptonite doing Metal Mania show with the Best of Mid-Year stuff, that appeared on my list. So definitely check them out. Uh, An article I caught on MetalInjection.net. This is actually five years old, but I'm guessing it's not much different now even though it's five years old i doubt that the statistics are any different than they were back then just because of the time period that we are in as uh, a metal fan base and whatnot basically it breaks down the top 25 metal subgenres or genres according to spotify and now the problem with the genres i'm gonna go through this is that like there's some overlap and I'm gonna like just kind of like describe how I think it should be because Spotify doesn't know any better I'm sure and then there's also just again it's a subjective nature of it all um, some people will disagree with what I say about what this genre should be versus that that's fine I don't have any problem with that uh, but I'm gonna go through what I think not really so much what I think should be in order but just uh, how I classify such things, and that would probably break it down a little easier uh, for most people, I think. But it's sort of disappointing yet not surprising how it plays out. Uh, so let's get into this a little bit. So already from the first, let's start with the first five that are top five uh, rated uh, genres for them, and the subgenres in the metal area is. Alternative metal, new metal, hard rock, groove metal, and rap metal. Now, alternative metal, new metal, and rap metal to me are all in the same ballpark. It's all new metal. Like I don't, you can classify it any way you want, but basically, even on the article itself, they list corn in like two or three of those genres that I just named. So, even though in rap metal they have, they even say, not sure how this differs from new metal, but featured acts including Linkin Park, P.O.D., and Limp Bizkit. Well, Corn does a little bit of rap stuff too. So, and they were kind of like the creators and purveyors of the new metal scene. So, for me, they're listed on alternative metal and new metal, but I would just put all those three together. And so, they'd probably still rate pretty high on this list for Spotify because I think. 
again. Uh, the metal fans that are younger and newer are probably the ones that listen to Spotify the most. I do have friends in my own circles who listen to a lot heavier stuff, so it obviously would differ depending on who they are. Uh, but as far as like the main populace, I'm pretty sure that Spotify has a lot of like younger metal fans who aren't familiar with or into the heavier stuff. Uh, three was the hard rock. They say bands like Van Halen, Whitesnake, and Ted Nugent, all on that. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. That's a little bit classic rock versus hard rock, but it's all fine to me in that regard. I don't disagree with that, and I'm not surprised by that. The, number four was Groove Metal. Uh, they name Machine Head, Trivia, and Devil Driver now. I, I don't personally acknowledge Groove Metal as a genre uh, because I consider that more like either Heavy Metal or Thrash. Uh, when you're talking about groove, thrash to me like is pretty much groove, but only it's sped up. And I'm gonna get into some more of that later because there's a couple other genres that are touching on the thrash stuff as well. But if I'm gonna classify Machine Head, Trivia, and Devil Driver, those would be just heavy metal bands to me. And that particular genre, heavy metal, comes in at number seven. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they mentioned VH1 classic metal, but the bands they listed fit that category, which would be Maiden, King Diamond, and Motorhead, which I would also include Judas Priest and Metal Church and those groups, as well as Machine Head and all of them. They could pretty much go into that same category for me, and rather than having groove metal. Uh, number six was Funk Metal. Um, I'm not... I don't even consider these bands metal. Uh, again, personal viewpoint subjectiveness uh they listed faith no more rage against machine red hot chili peppers as uh examples uh those are all alternative rock bands to me uh they might have some metal influences and in some of stuff but not much to go on to classify them as metal that's just me it's not me being a dick just that's how i classify i would just call it alternative rock um it's fine if it's still at number six because alternative rock to me would probably be a pretty big uh, thing on Spotify because there's a lot of 90s fans and whatnot. My Neko is one of them. So. And I, I have my share of uh, 90s love for bands as well. Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, etc. Those would all be what I would call alternative rock bands. Um, number eight is Metalcore. Now, later on they get to um... A couple other things. They they have at number ten melodic metalcore, and then at number twenty deathcore. Now I don't. Again, I don't. Melodic metalcore to me is just going to be thrown in metalcore. Um, the bands they uh, listed it was Killswitch Engage, Darkest Hour, and Unearth. Um, I would put them in metalcore, which they had as what um, <laughs> a tray you bought from my Valentine, all that remains. So yeah. I put those all together, and then even Deathcore, they have Whitechapel, Suicide Science, Chelsea Grin, and Carnifex, or Carnifex, excuse me. Those, again, I'm not going to separate Deathcore from Metalcore. It's all going to be Metalcore to me. Um, you might have a little bit of Death influence in there for Whitechapel or Carnifex, but overall, it's still uh, Metalcore to me. There's no need to really separate it from the other groups uh, in my mind. Uh, number nine, speed metal. Now, here's where I was talking about earlier with the thrash metal. 
um, and groove metal kind of like combining. To me, a speed metal, which say this Megadeth, except Slayer, and then Thrash at 15 with Slayer, Testament, Anthrax, Exodus, and so on. Again, those all go together to me uh, under the Thrash umbrella. So, uh, no need to separate that for me. So, uh, I'm going to give Thrash a little more credit here and throw him up to number 9 with Speed Metal. <laughs> I don't think it, Thrash needs to be that low. I think it actually has a bigger following than most metal in general. Um, let's see, 11 Industrial Metal. That's a little surprised we didn't again. We're back into how you would classify some of these bands. Again, these would not be so much. There's like one band they listed I would consider kind of metal. But again, these would all be new metal bands for me. Marilyn Manson, Ramstein, Orgy, Orgy, Power Man 5000, and Static X. That all falls to me under the new metal umbrella as well. If I'm thinking industrial metal, maybe Fear Factory. Uh, you could throw a strappy young lad in that. Um, there's a, a, a countless other of... Uh, heavy hitters in the industrial area uh, of metal, which actually would be metal bands. These, I don't really consider that metal. Uh, if they are, they're in the new metal category. Uh, they, to me, new metal doesn't really have to mean you have to have rap involved. It's just that it's a certain type of metal that's put together uh, in a way that's not your traditional sense, and I think these bands all face that. Um, 12 was Progressive Metal. That's fine. Queensryche, Dream Theater, Symphony X. Makes sense. 13, Power Metal. Sabaton, Firewind, and Ed Guide. Now, they come back down later on to number 22 with German Metal. Uh, which, again, lists Ed Guide, uh, Rage, and Halloween. So, I would throw those together in Power Metal um, at number 13. 14, Death Metal. Death, Obituary, Deicide, Dying Fetus. Yep, okay. Uh, 15 again, I said thrash metal, but I would throw that at the 9. 16, glam metal. Um, I don't mind the glam metal label, but I'd rather just call it glam rock or hard rock. So that would probably move up to, uh, what was it, number 3 with the hard rock stuff. When they list as, um, you know, Miley Crew, Quiet Riot, Def Leppard, and Dawkins. Those would all be up in the hard rock category for me. Uh, then they get to 17 with Melodic Death Metal, In Flames, Soil Work, Dr. Quilly, yep, pretty standard stuff, At the Gates, all that would be in that. Uh, 18, Neoclassical Metal, Camelot, Stradivarius, and Dragon Force. Again, I'm putting those in the Power Metal category, so I wouldn't need to separate that. Uh, Symphonic Metal, now this gets tied in with number 21 gothic metal and 23 gothic symphonic metal they, they have these bands listed multiple times but they all pretty much fond of the gothic metal thing but Kuda Coil, Within Temptation, Epica, Delane, Levi's, uh, Nightwish those are all like gothic bands but they do have some symphonic elements to them uh, but they all fall under the same umbrella for me with gothic metal. Uh, 24 Stoner Rock Orange Goblin, Fu Manchu, High on Fire. Uh, and surprisingly, there was no Doom Metal listed in the top 25, so they must have fell out of it. So I'm a little surprised that it's not at least somewhere in that top 25, but it is what it is. And at number 25 was, of course, Folk Metal. Uh, Elevity, Teresa's, Ventral, uh, Moonsar are all listed as examples for that. So obviously, I think like me, many of you would probably have uh, some issues with the list on how it's categorized or and if 
you know, one genre should be higher than the other. Obviously, we all think that some of the other ones should be much higher, but because of the day and age where the younger fans are still attached to, like, stuff they see mostly on MTV or whatever, or on the mainstream radio, that's what we got here, so. All right, back into the music. We've got some new Onslaught in there. Also got some uh, modern thrash bands with Mor Morbid Cross, Drain, and Chemicost, all of which people should be paying attention to. Uh, we're going to kick it off, though, with some Creator, Toxic Trace, and I'll be back in a little bit.
Jesus fucking Christ!
come get it. Your lip. Alright, DJ Nibbis, back with your military podcast, the Thrash Zone Special Edition. So, when discussing thrash metal, uh, we talked about during the genre discussion that there could be a lot of crossover um, over the years. It's especially true now with metal in general that so many bands are crossing over different genres and picking up different influences. Uh, thrash is no different. Um, you know, we have melodic, progressive thrash, um, thrash, you know, traditional thrash metal, uh, crossover with uh, hardcore like Suicide Tennessees or DRI when they were doing it. Uh, and even Drain, uh, band you heard the last uh, block, you know, does a little bit of that crossover stuff as well. Municipal um, Waste, etc., etc. Uh, another area of uh, crossover is Black Thrash. And uh, Kerrang! again has another uh, article from 2019 discussing the eight American Black Thrash bands keeping evil alive. And, you know, starting back in the early to mid-80s when you had bands like Venom, Slayer, Hellhammer, Bathory, um, they all kind of posed an influence on not only, you know, black metal and stuff like that that came later on, but, you know, yeah, Possessed and how they crossed over between Thrash and Death. Uh, Sepultura did similar things in the late 80s uh, with their Thrashy Death uh, there. So black thrash in general, like it's often out there, and it gets mixed with the speed metal and stuff like that. Uh, in their list, I saw one band that I was familiar with that I would say was pretty good, and the rest of them I'll probably have to check out a little more. I think I do recognize a couple bands, maybe not didn't stand out to me at the time, uh, but I'm always into like going back and checking out bands that maybe I just didn't get the first time around or might need to take a little extra attention to to try to see what it is that you know is getting uh discussed and you know all the the kudos given to these bands for what they're doing so i'm gonna go through these bands a little bit just tell you where they're from uh black mass which i talked about earlier from boston uh they have a 2019 release which is really really good uh, another band uh, i think i remember listening to this record and it probably didn't stand out at the time but uh, Philadelphia's Devil Master. Uh, I think I remember some people talking about them on Facebook and whatnot, that they really enjoyed their work. Um, like I said, I'm going to be posting these links up, so I'm not going to like, read through them all. Uh, if you guys want to read up on them a little bit after I you know, put the links up, then feel free to do so. They're pretty good articles and whatnot. Uh, another band, Underlick, uh from Maryland. I was unaware of this band, so now I have some research to do on them. Uh, but they're definitely mentioned as a uh, kinetic side of Black Thrash. So we'll see what that's all in store with them. Uh, Malayas uh, from Boston as well as Black Mass. So check them out. Uh, let's see. Bloodlust are from Phoenix, Arizona. And then we have Basilisk. This is spelled B-A-S-I-L-Y-S-K. They're from Philly. Another Philly band. Persecutor. Uh, this is spelled P-E-R-S 
E-K-U-T-O-R. Initially, <laughs> said they moved from Transylvania to Los Angeles. Uh, got some pretty cool fucking artwork. Um, it's a little bit more old school, but looks pretty cool as shit. Um, Black Mass, I listed. Um, Deva, D-A-E-V-A. -A. Uh, another Philly band. So those are the bands that they've listed that are keeping evil alive and they highly recommend. So something to check out for you all to, if you're interested in the Black Thrash uh, genre itself. Certainly worth it. Um, let's get back into our music. Uh, another block coming your way. Got some Paralysis, one of the newer modern thrash bands we talked about. They've been interviewed and played on Metal Mania before. Uh, Razor, Heathen. Also got Morbid Saint. Uh, I just actually ordered Spectrum of Death on cassette uh, from my guy that I get cassettes from, and I'm excited about that. Like, I was surprised he had it. Uh, the two cassettes that I got, that one and Benedictions Transcending, uh, wasn't cheap, but uh, worth it for my collection. I've Much like my vinyl and CDs and cassettes now, like... I'm spending more time just getting records I know I really like, and more saying again was one of these bands like Corner that I hadn't really known much about in the past, but within the last five years, you know, I've gotten into these bands a lot more in their records, and uh, Spectrum of Death is revered in the thrash metal community, so we got some stuff coming off of that. Uh, a band that I would say that, and I, I didn't mention this when you were talking about the underrated thrash bands, uh, Steve Giorgio comes from this band who's been playing with Testament and Death in the past, but Sadis, like, that Death Thrash element again, they are a really good band. Uh, not much talked about a lot of times. They get overlooked, and they and really, when I came to, like, some of their later material, like, they sort of got a little bit more progressive, which was kind of cool. Kind of like uh, Anacrusis in a way. Uh, but very cool stuff. We're going to kick off this block. It's called Words of War.
weak, sick of the general. You're the enemy of order.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Alright, DJ Nilla is back with you. Thrash Zone or Metal Time Radio Podcast. So, LadderSound.com uh, has an article up there. It uh, comes from July 2019. Seems like everything's around that time from last year. Uh, but their article titled 30 Essential Thrash Metal Bands That Aren't the Big Four. I see this topic a lot on Facebook in the middle groups that I'm a part of. Uh, people always swapping out. You know, a band in the top, the big four versus another, which, you know, I, I kind of get some of that because I think at the time you could say, yeah, those four bands, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax were the big four. But a part of it, I wonder, is how much of that is true today? Like, it would it still be the big four today? Um, and I'm not so sure, like... You know, for me, as much as, like, I've seen Slayer like seven or eight times live, and they are just incredible, both before uh, Hanneman died and after. But, you know, as far as, like, the actual studio records, like, I don't know if, like, I would keep Metallica, Slayer, or uh, Megadeth in that group, like, Megadeth obviously has kind of gotten back to their roots the last record or so. Uh, but they went for a period of time where they were just kind of like putting out bummelgum shit pretty much. Um, trying to fit in with the mainstream. And uh, Anthrax is really the most consistent. Like even though they have some records that aren't really that memorable. Uh, they've been more consistent in terms of like what they're putting out there. In terms of like thrash, um, now I don't really care if people want to keep those four in the big four, but when I look at bands like Overkill, Testament, uh, Death Angel, these bands to me are doing mm-hmm. more for the thrash community, both past and present, than the ones that are there. Uh, you know, people think of the big four, you're always thinking of the big names, but Metallica kind of left that title, like, long ago. And Slayer, you know, they, they've kind of tried to keep it up, but their records haven't been as strong up until recently. Uh, it seems like they're all kind of, like, coming back around. Megadeth and Slayer, they just kind of went through these lulls, and now they're kind of coming back into the old roots. But whether or not they can actually compete like i i can literally take the last two or three records by testament and put them over anything slayer's done since seasons um same with overkill like overkill's just been consistent like you forget about them but they've been consistent with their thrash elements and their ferocity so one has to wonder like would you even still keep the big four there um so it's an interesting topic. Now, the, the bands that they listed that are essential 
to any thrash metal band is one carnal forge blood tsunami now this band is more of a death metal band i don't know if i consider them thrash at all it's bolt thrower they listed here they may have uh, basically have like uh some influence by thrash but i don't both of both throw to me has always been death uh so i'm not sure i agree with that one as being listed there uh death angels listed destruction uh annihilator evil e-v-i-l-e mastery uh municipal waste exciter uh exodus gamma bomb hate sphere i don't think i've heard anything from them Hades, this is H-Y-A-D-E-S. I haven't heard much from them either. Uh, Creator, Merciless Death, they are actually very good. I don't have them in this episode, but they are good. Violence, uh, Nabucco Deneza, I guess. Is that how that's pronounced? I don't know much about them, but I uh, have to check them out. Possessed, Raven, yeah, definitely a band that goes under the radar. Sabat, I played some of them earlier. Onslaught, again. Uh, and Power Trip, Testament, Sacred Reich, Sanctity, uh, and Skeleton Witch, which would probably fit that like Black Thrash element that we were talking about earlier. So, uh, and also Tankard and Eccentric. So th there's a lot of bands in there that I would agree would be essential to any thrash metal collection. Uh, so you can find that on LadderSound.com. I read through it. They give some brief explanations of why they chose those bands and have some video clips and whatnot you can check out all right so now into our next block uh, i got some laws rocket slayer we haven't played them yet death angel we just mentioned them flotsam nuclear assault but we're going to kick it off with some of that old school corner that i was talking about earlier in the show this is skeleton on your shoulder <laughs>
Closing out that block, nuclear assault, critical mass. I guess that lyrically had nothing to say, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, that's going to open up to what I'm talking about next. Um, article on vice.com. Uh, don't tell me how I found it. Just did. looked it up. The title is what actually grabbed me. It says, Thrash Metal going through its second puberty. And on that particular surface, I, I get it. And I understand and I agree with it. Uh, from 1995 to 2005 was kind of like a dead zone when it came to thrash. It wasn't that there wasn't thrash being made, but it was just very quiet. Um, I've talked about it countless times. How, you know, uh, only the major acts were really kind of standing out. And even then, their records at that time weren't as strong as what we're getting now. Aside from maybe... Uh, testament or overkill you know the usuals um outside of that any other thrash band that was trying to stand out just wasn't doing it um and then of course 2005 came along and then from that till now we're starting to see this resurgence of uh metal bands that are coming out and we're seeing a lot of great thrash metal bands coming out um but this article that is written by Christopher Kovatin. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it, it's a solid write-up. Um, you know, he's not dumb by any means. But I think he's misinformed also. Uh, and there's some errors in his, uh, basically, his research on some of this stuff. Now, you have to treat this as an opinion piece, but it's going to come off a little pretentious. And... Uh, you know, obviously, there's probably gonna be people people that either agree or disagree with some of his takes, but I find that I disagree with him, and it's not just him. He's he's managed to to pull up some some bites, some some uh, commentary from some bands he interviewed: Power Trip, uh, Oozing Wound, and some other band named Slagit. It's S L A E G T. I, I have not heard their music or Oozing Wound, so I can't really comment on whether or not they're actually good thrash bands. So, but I'm going to get to some of their comments and how I disagree with some of it just because I think it's, like I said, it's not just the author that's pretentious and how he comes across, but some of these bands. Uh, I've always kind of known Power Trip to be that way, but, you know, Power Trip is a really fucking good band. But I'm going to get to that in a minute as well. So, but his opening line, Christopher's opening line in this, is actually a great opening sentence and I agree with a lot of it in the states of metal's many subgenres thrash is perhaps the iconic a cutthroat mixture of heavy metal big riffs and hardcore punk's ferocious speed thrash is metal at its most vital I agree 100% uh, if you ever want just straightforward everyone I've known when it comes to metal the one thing they can get into is thrash and heavy metal those are the two things death metal black metal is always you're always going to hit or miss with people, but Thrash is one that's right up there that people can get into. Um, you know, he starts to go in about how, and I don't know why, but how he said initially it was great, 
until thrash musicians got older and felt the need to say something meaningful. Now, <laughs> I had a lot of problems with it because, just like I just mentioned with Nuclear Assault, uh, Nuclear Assault, uh, Death Angel, Metallica, and Master of Puppets, or even throughout their, all their early catalog, uh, Megadeth, they all had something to say. Anthrax, same thing. Um, if you didn't know they were trying to say something, then you weren't paying attention. Uh, Overkill's The Years of Decay, and they are a band that always has something to say. Slayer. Slayer might be, at times, more into the, you know, the black and the Satanism and all that other stuff, but other times, like, Season of the Abyss has a lot of political stuff in it that they were trying to state. Uh, now he could be just talking mainly about some of the early 90s stuff when bands were kind of experimenting, but my guess is if you still fucking check out like, uh, Heathens, Victims of Deception, there's still stuff there that they're saying that's meaningful. I don't understand like where his take is on this and why he would kind of like shoost that under the rug. One of his first errors, though, is that he states that Metallica followed 1985's ma perfect Master of Puppets with 1988's and Justice for All album without a single song under five minutes. The problem is Master of Puppets didn't have a song under five minutes. So you said that was a great album, but then you busted on Justice. Now, personally, I'm not a big Justice fan. I mean, it's fine. Uh, Master of Puppets is my favorite record, but you made an erroneous... Uh, take on there by saying that you're bashing Justice because it doesn't have a song under five minutes. Well, neither did Master of Puppets. So you kind of look foolish there for not doing your research, bud. Um, then he starts going on more and more about like some of the revival of Thrash. Now, we've mentioned some of these bands. Gamma Bomb, Evil, uh, Cross Examination is some band he mentions. Uh, Warbringer, Merciless Death. Again, these are bands that have something to say. Uh, of course, these are later bands. Um, you know, one of his biggest thing was is that some of these newer bands are doing something different that, that are different than what happened in the past. Now, it, it, again, I'm trying to figure out through his article whether or not he's specifically talking about that dead zone period I'm talking about, or if he's actually referring to uh, classic traditional thrash from the 80s and early 90s. Um, and when it gets to the end of the article, I'm starting to think it's the latter. So, obviously, he's taking these uh, sound bites and comments from these bands. Uh, one of the bands, like I said, Oozing Wound, makes a comment about how uh, if he's if the band's starting to play and people start walking out, that he gets a smile on his face as if like you know they don't get it or whatever. But the, the reality is. And one of the things that author points to is that some of these modern thrash bands are not relying on the classic tropes from the the classic bands. So even though, to me, uh, Power Trip is one of those bands that reminds me a lot of Nuclear Assault, so I think they're actually grounded in a lot of the classic thrash that we hear in the past today. Uh, Oozing Wound, again, the guy mentions how they play, like, unstructured... Uh, riffs and arrangements but I don't think that just because you do that as a band that makes you automatically a great band or different um, if I talk about a band that's progressive thrash like Vector uh, to me 
that's how you do it right if you're going to do something different. Uh, it's not like it hasn't been done before, though. There's been progressive thrash bands in the past. So bands have always dabbled in that. So even if Oozing Wound is good, which I have not heard them, but it doesn't mean that people that walk out on you don't like it because you're doing something different, a.k.a. different. It could just mean that you're not very good. And, you know, just because one article writer thinks you're the best in the world or whatever doesn't make it so. It's all subjective. Uh, but I think it's kind of shitty to go and try to, like, blast some of these other bands that are doing it. You know, even if there's a band... I gave Havoc a lot of grief early on because a lot of their early releases... Uh, well, not there isn't, like, a whole lot of early releases, but the early release they had was very much uh, grounded in some Slayeristic riffs they used, which I thought was great homage. I mean, obviously, I think they're much better now because they're actually doing more stuff that's more and more unique to them. So, even if you have bands out there that are paying a lot of homage to these traditional bands, there's nothing wrong with that to me. And I think that's kind of fucked up with the article writer and the bands, you know, talking shit about, like, you know, the traditional tropes need to be dying out and, you know, you know, we need to evolve into something different. Well, you know, you can do whatever you want as a band and you're going to have, eventually have your own fan base and whatever, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're doing it better than anyone else. Um, there are clearly bands out now that still borrow uh, from those traditional thrash bands uh, in terms of structure of the songs and riff writing that is still fucking great. Uh, still get into it. Uh, I don't care how technical you get. If I don't feel it, even if you are a thrash band, if I don't feel it, I'm probably not going to like you very much. Now, with all that said... Uh, yeah, so I just, it, the article is interesting. It's on, um, what are we, vice.com. It's from 2018. So it, it's a well-written piece, but it's going to be pretty polarizing for the thrash community. Uh, no doubt about it. I like a lot of newer bands and whatnot. So it's not like I'm trying to write off Oozing Wound. I, I like Power Trip, obviously. Um, they do have something to say in their music, but then so did all the other bands back in the day as well. I don't, you know, unless you're like Municipal Waste, which this article mentions, you know, who sings a lot about partying. I can't really see how you think that's like, uh, some, something that needs to be glorified now. Like he's, at one point the article writer is like flip-flopping. He's going, saying that thrash bands of today are writing more meaningful things, which is bullshit, but... Then you want to talk about Municipal Waste being one of the better, newer bands out there. And, like, if they're just singing about partying and shit, that's not really saying anything. And I like that band, but... And that's the thing. Like, to me, I don't care how much homage they want to pay to, like, the old school bands. They're doing their own thing, and they're doing what they want, and they're writing about what they want. It's, it doesn't have to be, like, this inner fucking war. Uh, which we find, and to me, this article, unfortunately, comes off a little bit elitist in the sense that, like, oh, well, we don't need to have the old school shit because, you know, that shit just needs to die out. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Have you even, how can you even call yourself a flash fan if you don't even like the classic shit anyway? 
So I just it gets old. Uh, this kind of attitude that I find very disconcerting. Um, but I'll put the links up. Like I said, you guys can go and peruse a lot of this stuff and see what you think. And now we're going to get into this next block of music. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, speaking of which, Power Trip just happened to be one of the bands mentioned in the article. This is called Crucifixion.
DJ Anubis, Middle Time Radio Podcast. This is the Thrash Zone Special Edition. Getting ready to close this motherfucker out. Hope you all enjoyed this. A lot of fun putting this together. Uh, pretty cool topics to get to, regardless of how old they might be, but uh, all interesting articles and stuff to ponder. Hope you enjoyed it all. I'm out of here. Got one track left for you from Prong. First discovered them, uh, the Beg to Differ album, obviously, of course. Uh, Lost and Found was used in Headbangers Ball intro theme for a long time. Still love that record a lot. Uh, I do like some of their later stuff over the years, but uh, one record I thought kind of like was underrated, basically, and it was a little bit of a transition change for them, but... uh, Prove You Wrong was a strong, strong record for them, I think, following Big to Differ, and I think it gets kind of lost in the shuffle sometimes. But um, I pull off their first single from that record. It's Unconditional. See you all later. Enjoy. Peace out.